the Women in Diplomacy podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Sumnick. Happy International Women's Day. I hope all of you are having fun celebrating the social, economic, cultural, and political contributions of women. This day, of course, is also historically reserved to be a call for gender parity. It's March 8th, 2017, and the theme of this year's International Women's Day is Be Bold for Change. I know that each and every one of you is doing precisely this every day as you work to forge your path, find your way, creating the change that you want to see. So this podcast episode, as do all of my podcast episodes, go out to you. Keep up the great work. And in honor of this special day, I decided to bring on one of the best change makers I know. Her name is Marissa Conway, and she is founding director of Feminist Foreign Policy. She's up to some big things. She is ready to usher in some innovative change, and she wants you to be a part of it. This interview is a collection of brainstorms that we did around the results of the U.S. election in 2016 and around the Women's March that happened in Washington, D.C. and around the world. We're very interested to hear what you think. Please feel free to talk to us on social media at Feminist Foreign Policy or the Foreign Policy Project. Happy International Women's Day! Hi, Marissa. Welcome. Hi, Kelsey. Thank you so, so much for having me. I'm very excited to be chatting with you today. Thank you so much for being here because I am really excited about the groundbreaking work that you are doing. What is a feministforeignpolicy.com? Feminist foreign policy is very much about interrupting foreign policy as usual and using the theoretical foundation of feminism to do so. So while gender equality and promoting women in positions of political leadership is very much at the core of our ideology, we also want to go further to place people at the center of policy and challenge how policy is created and how we can bring in marginalized and diverse opinions into the decision-making process. So that is the idea behind our site. And as for what we actually do, right now we have a blog and we're also launching a consultancy, the purpose of which is to help organizations and governments do exactly this, place people rather than interests like money or oil or power at the heart of foreign policy. This is beautiful. Marissa, I really admire your writing. So I just want to quote some of your words and I would love to hear your thoughts. You mentioned that with feminist foreign policy, we challenge assumptions about the unquestioned objectivity of policy, assumptions which miscalculate power structures and tend to leave an analysis of international politics lacking. Can you explain for us where that thinking comes from? Absolutely. Um, I think quite often international policies are sort of looked upon as if they're written in stone. My particular area of research is around nuclear policy and non-proliferation. So, for example, the Non-Proliferation Treaty has delineated a very particular global order set around possessor nations and non-possessor nations, and often that treaty is looked upon as set in stone and not questioned for 
the kind of inequality that it generates itself. Um, so I think it's just reminding ourselves that people are the ones who draft policy and how people perceive themselves, how they view the world, how they view other people really influences how policy is crafted. And that needs to be kept in mind as we question these things and as we move forward. And international politics is also very hierarchical. And a lot of the power structures that are in place that revolve around foreign policy and international relations still are taken for granted to some degree. It's important to challenge these hierarchies and understand not just how we can change them and how we can shift them, but also understand how we are complicit in keeping them in place. And especially as a U.S. citizen, I think it's very important to look at our my role, the U.S. role in international politics and understand how we directly contribute to a global inequality that exists around the world. Thank you so much for providing more context. You just launched. How's it going? We did. We just launched a little over a month ago now. And it's been an absolutely incredible experience so far. The reception has been overwhelmingly positive. I've loved this process of figuring out how to launch my own business. Every day is a bit of a roller coaster. And I love the ability to craft something from nothing. And that creative process has been absolutely incredible. But at the same time, of course, as any business has its challenges, starting your own business has been an absolutely wild ride. Well, at the same time, I think everybody should start their own business, to be honest. Feminist foreign policy can be a controversial and divisive topic. But from what I understand, you are trying to make it more accessible. Is that correct? Absolutely. I think there is definitely a history within feminism of being very exclusive. And to me, I see feminism as a very liberating project. And so I hope I can bring that kind of attitude and spirit of feminism to other people and make it accessible, not just to white women, as it traditionally has been, but to women of color, women with disabilities, men, people who don't identify as men or women, just the full spectrum of whoever might find this of interest to them and whoever might find feminism to be a liberating project for them. Yes, and for me, when I visit your site and interact with your work, I get that sense. I'm just going to quote you again because I love how you say that at Feminist Foreign Policy, we understand it as a beneficial principle regardless of gender identity, one which challenges a larger revisioning of the world. That's big work. And I think that a lot of young professionals out there, especially females, especially minorities, are feeling that this is going to be the task of our generation to get to work on that revisioning of the world. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. The recent Women's March has been a wonderful example of that. Just a new, fresh generation of women joining the ranks of women and other people who have been around for a very long time fighting for this and just claiming this issue as our own and saying that we're not going to be silent, we're not going to back down. And 
we need to come together. And that means having very difficult conversations around around gender identity, around race, around sexuality. I, I can speak as a white person that um, confronting race for white people is still quite a difficult thing to do. Um, but I think it's more important than ever. We need to talk about racial justice. And sometimes that means as a white person, just stop talking and listening. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree, as I am also a, a white woman. I think you and I are both kind of in the business, so to speak, of trying to create dialogue around these issues. And mm -hmm. I just want to encourage women in diplomacy listeners to visit a feministforeignpolicy.com because I feel it is a great place to to start the conversation, to you know, contribute your thoughts to all of these issues. Where can we find out more about feminist foreign policy? So I'm most active on Twitter. So you are more than welcome to follow us on Twitter. It's at FeministFP, and I'm quite active on that platform. You can also just go to our website, feministforeignpolicy.com. And if you scroll down to the very bottom, there's a button that says contribute. And one of the very important things that I have prioritized with feminist foreign policy is that I'm really looking to include a wide array of voices and opinions about what a feminist foreign policy could be. So that means making this accessible to anyone that would want to share what their thoughts on this topic could be. So far, we've had people write about um, gender equality in post-communist countries. We have had two people write an article about the Somali elections and women's participation in politics there. I want to make this as international of a project as possible with an incredibly wide range of opinions and ideas to really emphasize the fact that feminism is can be accessible to everybody. Are you always looking for new writers to contribute? If women in diplomacy listeners are interested, how can they get in touch to pitch you something? Yes, we are always looking for new writers. We always welcome new pitches with different ideas. You can email us at a feminist foreign policy at gmail.com or just message me on Twitter, or you can go to our contact page on our website and submit an idea through there. Um, we're very, very welcoming of a wide array of ideas about this. So please, if you have something you feel like you would want to share on the site, absolutely get in touch. Why is this issue important now at this moment in history? There are a couple of reasons. I think one is because of social media and the internet. We now have access to more information than we ever have. And we have the opportunity to share our voices in an attempt to be heard. And I think that's an important dynamic to tap into and utilizing this all of these social media platforms to share opinions and share ideas, but in a constructive way. Um, I also think that it's important now because Donald Trump has just been elected as president of the United States. As a U.S. citizen, I am very fearful about what a Trump presidency over the next four years is going to look like. And if the first few days in office has shown us anything, it's that his policy initiatives and dismantling of policy can be 
will be very catastrophic and affect people, not just in the US, but across the world. And I think it is our job to stand up to him and to do whatever we can to counter the negative effects that he will have on the US and the world. Great call to action. So let's turn to you. I would love to hear more about how you decided to launch the site. Um, How did this idea come about? So I just got my master's in gender studies at SOAS, one of the University of London schools. And I specifically kind of targeted my studies towards women in politics and foreign policy. I've always been very interested in that. So when the year was up, I found out about this visa that would allow me to start my own business and stay in the UK. And I had the idea of feminist foreign policy kind of brewing in the back of my mind throughout my year in my program, but I just didn't quite feel like I had the confidence yet to achieve it. And when I found out about this visa, I thought that it might be a a helpful way to get support in starting this initiative. And I did get the visa, thankfully, and so I can stay in London and work on this. And I now have the institutional support of my university, which is absolutely incredible. Um, and in terms of coming up with the idea, I I took a lot of classes on women in international relations, women in politics, women in war. There were a lot of peace and security classes. But I kept finding that the conversations always came back to women as victims or women as peacemakers. And I truly felt like there was a lot more of a conversation to be had around feminism and the way that it can interrupt foreign policy and international relations. And so I decided that I would try and take this idea of feminist foreign policy and expand it beyond what it has been so far. Earlier, you mentioned that you feel it's a valuable experience for anyone and everyone to start a business. What's that about? Can you share any insight from your first kind of chapter in working on this? It has been one of the biggest learning curves of my entire life. I'm so passionate about this idea that part of me just wants to hold it very closely and make sure it's absolutely perfect before I bring it out into the world. But at the same time, because it's such an important and timely issue, at a certain point, I just have to say, okay, I trust myself. I put in all the effort I could. Now it's time to let it go and fly out into the real world. Um, So it's a really fantastic exercise in trusting myself and relying on other people when I am doubting myself or when I have a question about something. Um, I think it's also a very humbling experience in just reminding yourself how very little you actually know. So um, besides the obvious perks of being your own boss, I think just being presented with an opportunity to constantly be on your toes and constantly be learning about yourself, be learning about what a feminist foreign policy could be, meeting incredible other people who are doing absolutely groundbreaking work in similar fields. It's just been, we've only been launched for about a month and a half now, but it's already been one of the most rewarding experiences of my life. It's very exciting. 
What career advice do you have for young women, especially those that might be interested in creating something similar, following in your path, but also just generally, what would you tell your younger self? Ooh, I think in terms of career advice for other people, I would say don't wait for permission from anybody to start. I think I did this for a very long time. I needed that nod of approval from the people around me before I could feel confident enough to pursue something. And I just reached a point where I had to trust myself and I had to have faith in myself. Um, So if you have an idea, if you want to do something, just do not wait for anyone else to tell you it's a good idea. Absolutely, just go for it. And in terms of what I would tell my younger self, I think I would probably tell myself just to trust myself a bit more and know that at the end of the day, uh, I will be okay. I know what I'm doing. I work very hard and I actually have a couple good ideas knocking around in my noggin. So that's what I would say to my younger self. Marissa, thank you so much. And I'm going to close with one other quote from your site, afeministforeignpolicy.com. I highly encourage everyone to check it out. We seek to paint the local into a larger global picture. We do not presume the authority to speak on behalf of anyone else. Ultimately, we see a feminist analysis of foreign policy not only as compelling, but as indispensable to achieve a more equal world. Thanks for all of your work on this, Marissa. I'm really excited to see what feminist foreign policy becomes.